have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest today. His name is James Bond, and he's one of America's leading behavioral management specialists and the author of the award-winning book, Brain Glue, How Selling Becomes Much Easier by Making Your Ideas Sticky. Now, to many people, the word selling is a four-letter word, and they find it difficult. But James makes it easy in his book. Because James knows exactly what he's talking about. For 13 years, he ran one of Southern California's leading behavioral management firms, working with a who's who of American businesses. Early in his career, he ran an advertising agency in Montreal, Canada. He is also a workshop leader and past workshop chairman for the resource partner of the U.S. Small Business Administration, and has been a popular guest speaker at three Southern California universities. Welcome, James. Hi, Dr. Leica. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me a little bit more about your journey. What got you into the advertising world? <laughs> well, I have a, uh, my parents pushed me into um, mechanical engineering because everybody said I'm great at math, but they didn't recognize that I loved English and I loved art. And I remember in college, one of the electives was art. And a lot of people said, well, you're taking it because it has naked girls, right? Because uh, it's drawing. But that's not why. I took it because I was so focused on left brain, you know, the logic. And I realized that I had not exper experienced the right brain emotional side of my, my life. And we're driven by passion. I'm a passionate person, as I know you are. I've read your book and I was like, oh, no, I, I couldn't. You can't imagine how many notes I've taken. But it's just but because you're passionate and you're passionate about what you do. And I have passion. And so uh, I, we created an advertising agency. I created an advertising agency, and we won some of the world's biggest clients, uh, companies like Kraft Foods, Timex, Avon, Abbott Laboratories, Seagram's, their world headquarters is in Montreal. And then we had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America. And so I came up with a powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. And then we lost and I was terrified when I saw what we lost to. We lost to a guy holding an egg saying, this is your brain, and cracking the shell and dropping the egg in a sizzling frying pan. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And it terrified me because it was emotional selling. I knew logic. You know, in school teaches us logic and the math and everything else. This was emotional selling. It was gazillion times more powerful and profound than anything I knew how to do. And it scared me. And so 
you know, after sleep, a week of sleepless nights, I came up with this idea of creating, you know, school doesn't teach us emotional selling. And so I wonder if I can create this passion box. And every time I see an ad or something that's, you know, emotionally engaging, I'll put it in the passion box and I'll just save them up so that eventually, you know, uh, and I'm not going to overanalyze them. I'm going to just put them in a box until I collect a large uh, number of them. And then, you know, one day uh, when I have a lot of these things, I'll see if I can analyze them. And, and you know, I was talking with you about uh, John Gray, who did Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Well, he wrote Men, Women, and Relationships first, and it sold a few thousand copies. Well, he changed the name to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and then changed some of the text in it so that it, ref- it related to that. And he sold, um, and I think you and I know, uh, uh, Steve Harrison was telling me, I said, in my book, he sold 10 million copies. He, Steve said, no, he sold 50, we're at 50 million copies now. He went from 20,000 to 50 million copies just by changing the name. And it just, it floored me. So I poured all my, uh, everything in my passion box on on my bed and I started organizing them. And I discovered there are 14 emotional triggers that when you trigger the emotion side of the brain, it makes people more likely to like you and to buy your products. And before we go into that, and I want to go into some of those, I want to say, even your book was first written as a title called Sell More with a Right Brain Marketing Strategy. And then after you thought about it, it came to you that a more persuasive title was Brain Glue. And and that is a revelation in itself. You're You're right. In fact, we both are, you know, no Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield tortured me. <laughs> Jack Canfield, first he complained. He said, uh, uh, you know, I was looking at your books. I have so many books to look at. And I was tortured because I couldn't put the thing, the darn thing down. It was so interesting, but it relates to what we do. He said, so I'll give you a testimony, which he did, which is fantastic, you know. But he said, I'll give you a testimony on one condition. You're teaching us right brain selling and you've got a left brain title. You know, it's logical, you know, sell more with a right brain marketing strategy. You know, I can't even remember that to tell somebody, you know, hey, you got to read this book. You're making me, you know, it's 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 hard to remember, but it also doesn't connect with them with the heart. OK, with the with the emotions the of the brain. You know, we approach our lives with a left brain way of doing things. We approach life with logic. We approach life completely that way. And we are, I think, paralyzed that way because we are doing ourselves a disservice by just looking at the world from a left brain perspective. We have to realize that the right brain, when it hits, really makes a more persuasive way of doing things. Like that commercial, no one who has seen that commercial of the frying egg, the egg hitting the hot pan, and no one has forgotten it. And they really have uh, come that way. It's it's too bad that isn't shown in every school around the world forever, because unfortunately, there's a lot of kids becoming addicted drugs in this day and age. Yes, it is sad that it's not showing uh over and over again, because it is so profound and how it affects people. They said, I saw statistics on it that, 
you know, they couldn't believe how many people were affected by it, how many young kids were affected by the power of that ad. And it's just, you know, it's brain glue, you know, it's brain glue is sticks to the brain like glue. Uh, you were telling me you called it what word candy? What was the yeah, term? Now, let's just think wow. term, word yeah. candy, because what does everybody like? Candy. So in a written sense, if we can get word candy out there, that really just makes it so much better. And words are what we use in written writing, whereas in other things, it's images that hit us. So, you know, the, the Chinese have a saying that, a picture is worth a thousand words, but a word picture is worth a thousand pictures. Wow. Can you picture how important that is to make that so persuasive for everybody? Oh, yeah. Well, so let me take you through a couple of these. I'll give you an example with a mom. Okay. Now, we do it with marketing. I have a marketing background and I help people grow their business. But a mom said to me, can you show me how to use brain glue to get my to answer my son's question, my 14-year-old son? My 14-year-old son asked, Mom, why do we have to follow so many rules in life? <laughs> you go, okay. You know, sometimes you get tortured when people are going to ask you tough questions. But I said, okay, well, let's start with uh, rhyme. Because, you know, we remember rhyme really well. <laughs> you know, Jack and Joe went up the hill to... <laughs> Fetch a pail of water. I mean, I can remember that. And I, I, I think the last time I heard it was like 60 years ago. I'm old. But so, so we said, okay, so he wants to know, why do you have to follow so many rules in life? So what rhymes with rules? How about fools? Only fools don't follow rules. Okay, that's the starting point. But let me use a metaphor or an analogy also to really strengthen it. So I was thinking about it with with his mom and I with the mom and I started bouncing it back and forth ideas. Then I we got it and we sat down. I sat down with her fourteen year old and her, and I said, "So you ask your mom, why do we have to follow so many rules in life, right?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, if you're thirsty, you could drink out of the toilet, but why would you want to? Remember, only fools don't follow rules." And then he said to me, oh, "That makes sense." First of all, getting a 14-year-old to say that anything makes sense is very tough. So I quickly escaped before he asked me another question. But did it really make sense? Or did I trigger parts of the brain where it, it, seemed, it felt like it made sense, even if the logic part of the brain wasn't there? And so I remember there are these two political phrases that resonate. And one of them is, you can't hug a child with nuclear arms. Wow, that's powerful. It's called anchoring, where you're taking, you can't hug a child, which makes people feel emotional, with nuclear arms, okay? Which makes them emotional, but in a totally different way. And you're anchoring those two pieces together. And so a lot of people, when they hear that, they go, wow, that, huh, that's interesting. And here's another one. And I don't want to get into whether I'm for or against gun control or anything like that. I'm not doing it that way. I'm just fascinated with the brain glue aspect of this. But I heard a comedian say, the right to bear arms is almost as crazy as the right to arm bears and uses a tool called chiasmus. And so these are tools that stick to the brain where people go like, whoa, you know, huh, interesting, even though there's not logic there, you know, but it's just it's amazing how how these things work. In I fact, in fact, showing, what you're showing is the brain works in predictable ways. There is a pathway the brain follows 
to make things stick into it. And, and that is very important for people to realize. It opens up neurological pathways that make people respond in certain ways. Absolutely. And so, so your book, you promote yeah, the promote the, the this lady who's talking about your book says it picks you up to sing above the crowd. Wow, you know you're triggering uh, what I call sensory elevation. You know, you know it's like suddenly I'm there. I could sing above the crowd, and it's you're 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 telling us something that's really important. Your book is profound, but just because it's profound doesn't mean people are going to are going to recognize what's important about it but it says you know it's going to pick you up to sing above the crowd and you go huh, wow and i feel that and you have this line and i'm not trying to promote your book i just i love i'm a i'm i'm a you know a junkie of brain glue it's like when i hear examples especially from things that are very important i love you know teaching other people this and it's 13 golden pearls which i think is fabulous you know, like a necklace you wear that takes you through your life. I mean, I can relate to that. It's like, wow, the pearls, you know, one of them is enthusiasm. One, I mean, these are, you know, I can relate to that. Now, you're really not selling pearls, but when you tell that, it triggers the parts of the brain and it goes, oh, hmm, interesting. Yeah, huh, I can relate. And we and, remember. And I drag it home with, I understand, you know, when we first started, I want to call them 13 golden nuggets. And my co-author, Harriet, said, no, we won't. I said, why? She said, nuggets sound too much like McDonald's. I said, okay, what would you like to call them? She said, pearls. I said, why pearls? She said, because as a young child, I've been obsessed with pearls. And I said, well, why don't we call them golden pearls? Because you know, golden pearls actually exist, but they're as rare and wonderful as anything in nature. Golden pearls exist in the South Pacific, and a single solitary golden pearl costs upwards of $10,000. Wow. So these golden pearls are golden pearls of wisdom, and they are just so amazing. They they are there. And, and, you know, both Harriet and I went through very devastating things in our lives. And, and pearls go through trauma to get to where they are. They become about because of a grain of sand inside of an oyster. And that grain of sand causes the oyster to produce a pearl rather than become traumatized for it. So this symbolism that's there is very important for what comes about within the book. It's about the journey a person takes. And we take them on this legendary journey with us so that people will be part of it. Absolutely. Well, and so Jack Canfield was telling me, you know, he wrote, uh, you know, with his co-author, but he wrote the bulk of this, um, a book with 101 motivational stories that will change your life. And he realized if I call it 101 motivational stories that will change your life, which is very left brain, by the way, um, it might sound like other books out there. And so he was struggling with coming up with a title. Like, how do I, I want to help people understand this will change your life. This will heal you if you're, if you're injured, if you're emotionally injured. And he was struggling. And he remembers that one day after a, quite a period of time, he woke up he, in his, in his, in his sleep 
he had this voice telling him, you know, chicken soup makes you feel good when you're sick. And he said, well, ah, why don't I, I should call this chicken soup for the spirit. Okay. Chicken soup for the spirit. It didn't feel right yet, but it was like close. He said, chicken soup for the spirit, because I want people to understand this is really deep and this is going to help you. And then he realized alliteration, which is a brain glue tool. I mean, he didn't know it was brain glue back then, but he said, S-O-U-P-S-O-U-L, soup soul. That feels better. And I think that's what brain glue works or word candy. You know, it's got to feel good. You know, you're not going to say work poop, you know, or something like that. You're saying something that we love, you know, and it's just, uh, and when we say that, and so he recognized, you know, chicken soup for the soul, it became a blockbuster. I mean, you had to work to get it out there initially, but it became a blockbuster because it resonated with people in their minds, in their heart, in the motion side of the brain. And that's what we want to do. I think, you know, the hardest, the the saddest thing I see is Jack, uh, is, um, um, comedians like Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock cannot do comedy at colleges anymore because they're afraid that people are going to get offended. And they say humor, you know, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Luca, like, uh, sorry, <laughs> that uh, it's, you know, laughter is the best medicine and we need to somehow restore laughter. So people recognize you live longer if you're happy, you know, chicken soup for the soul. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I was in a bookstore and I'm looking at different books and I go, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus? What? Are we really from a different planet? And I picked up the book. You know, he got millions, it looks like, people building and picking up his book and going like, oh, that's interesting. You start looking at the book and you recognize how powerful it is. And so, you know, the more we can, you know, I saw this guy who had a T-shirt and it said, life sucks and then you die. And I thought, no, that's terrible. That's terrible. Life is wonderful. You know, it's wonderful if we look for what's wonderful in it. And, and, and we have an, you know, we have an obligation if we can to help other people have wonderful lives. I mean, your show, Dr. Laika is like, it's, it's changing people's lives. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, I'm as you probably are the generation also, we grew up uh, loving uh, pay it forward. The concept of, you know, the world and God and and life has been wonderful to me. I have an obligation to pay it forward to try to help other people have better lives too. And I just think when you focus on that, that's why Jack Canfield rewrote his book because he wanted people to recognize, to feel how wonderful the book was, not just to read how wonderful the book was. Yeah. Jack did a great service for mankind by bringing that book to the world and, and making it what it was. And he had to go through some great adversity to get it out there because he was rejected hundreds of times to get it to the shelves. And it, it was so, must've been so frustrating for Jack to realize that he had such a great uh, book and yet no one wanted to publish it. Because publishers are left brain. They're logical, <laughs> you know, it's, and it's not the publishers that reject the publishers rejected the book, but the us, you know, the, uh, the real people love the book. And it's because, you know, publishers, it's like, think of how many famous things. I mean, even the Beatles were rejected. I mean, uh, Harry Potter was rejected. Uh, I mean, there are so many famous people who were rejected. Oprah Winfrey was rejected. You know, I mean, there were so many people who were rejected so many 
important, life-changing, world-changing uh, books and, and people who were rejected and had to go through the rejection. And it's because, you know, they focus too much on the logic side, you know, because we're trained in school to look at the logic without realizing it's emotion that drives people. And it's emotion is the reason why we, you know, we enjoyed life. You know, if we don't, if you don't enjoy life, you're missing an opportunity. I think it's, you know, bad things are going to happen to all of us. Good things are going to happen to all of us. You're going to, if you focus on the good things and recognize the bad things are going to happen and just deal with those, but then try to focus back on the good things. You know, I mean, why else would you be alive? <laughs> Do you really want to have a miserable life until you die? <laughs> life sucks and then you die? We'll send you one of those t-shirts. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. No, and, and you really have done a good service for businesses by unlocking the power of advertising, by making people think of advertising in different ways. Now, it's often hard to unlock the right brain. So do you have one or two pearls to do that? Sure. So anchoring is a good one. You talked about word candy. So I have this, uh, this friend, uh, Robin Thompson, and she's uh, in Detroit on uh, ABC television, uses her as the personal finance coach. Okay. And then she created a program for um, women that make over $100,000 a year, but somehow are struggling because all the money goes to debt. And instead of having to, you know, have freedom, basically. And so um, I was thinking, well, we want to talk about money, but we don't want to be too left brain because she's very left brain. Obviously, she's logical, all the reasons to do this. So we came up with this idea. Uh, money isn't funny. Well, first, just hearing the word funny makes kind of makes people laugh. And so it triggers uh, brain. It, it figure, triggers those part of the brain. You know, brain money isn't funny. And so I have her because she says, do this and do this and do this. Ah, stop now and say, money. remember, money isn't funny. And then go back to it. And she's she laughs when she says it. She can't not laugh when she says money. Now remember, money isn't funny, and I'm sure her audience laughs too. And what she's doing is she wants you to feel good, but she's also very technical because she knows you have to do this first, and you have to do this, and check and check how much money you're spending on in, uh, credit cards and things like that, and all this stuff, which is very technical. And then she goes, but rem and I'm I would you know if I was standing next to her, I would just give her a tickle. Remember, money isn't funny. <laughs> But by doing that, it 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 creates passion. I, I I know these two attorneys, okay, and they use humor all the time in the courtroom. And they said, you know, it's funny because if I can make the judge laugh and if I can make the jury laugh, I have a better chance of winning the trial. Because you tend to like someone who makes you laugh. I tell jokes all the time, and I'm terrible at joke telling. I was doing a turnaround of a of um martial arts equipment company. And I started with a joke because when you're doing a turnaround, it's because the company's in trouble and people are afraid they're going to lose their jobs or they're stressed. And stress takes away creativity, basically, because you just become almost paralyzed. And so I started with this joke and I said, so the maintenance man is hiding in the maintenance closet. And whenever people would come close, he would open the door and scream, supplies. Okay. And so they laughed. <laughs> okay. But then what happened was in over a year, they tortured me with this joke, okay? Because I would look inside the window of somebody's office and I would see the stress on their face. I don't know if we didn't have enough product that they sent them or they had a customer that was complaining or what it was. And I could see the stress on their face. 
So I'd open up the door and say, hi, how's it going? And as soon as they saw me, they would go, supplies. <laughs> I was a supplies person. And their face would change. They would go from all the stress to suddenly happiness. Supplies. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I was tortured for over a year. They would People would look at me and just go, hey, these, he's our supplies guy. You know, when they introduced me to somebody, it's like, okay. Uh, on this show, I had a wonderful guest by the name of Alan Klein. Now, Alan is the world's only jollytologist. And I asked him, <laughs> how do you make people laugh? He said, it's easy if you put a clown nose on yourself. He said, no one cannot laugh if you put a red nose on. So I, when I need a laugh, when I'm overly serious, I put on a red clown nose and I make that uh, something. And when I talk to groups of people, quite often I will pass out an envelope at the end of the meeting and give them red clown noses to make their day just that much more special. Do you think anybody ever forgets me after that? That's Never. Never. <laughs> That's awesome. But but your name is Dr. Laika. How can we not like Dr. Laika? You know? So, sir, how can people find out more about you and what you have to offer? Well, the best the best place to start is the book Brain Glue. And if you go to braingluebook.com, then you can read, you know, Amazon lets you read. It takes you to Amazon's page. Okay. It's not a sales page. I don't want to be a salesman on this. I just want you to experience this. But if you go to braingluebook.com, then there are two things. One is Amazon shows you lots of the stuff, parts of the book, so you can look through it and get some ideas. The second one is we also have an audio book, not done by me, so you don't get tortured listening to me. We have this awesome uh, narrator, uh, Johnny Unitas. I don't think that's his real name, by the way, but he's hilarious. And so you can listen to parts of that also. But I think the easiest way is, you know, take a look at the thebrainglubook.com uh, and hopefully you'll get inspired by it. You have to get inspired. You have to get excited. Life is fun. I get people changing the name of their company or the, how they describe it. And suddenly they, they're laughing as they're talking to their clients and their client starts laughing while they're pulling out a purchase order or, you know, saying stuff. But anyway. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, James, for being part of my show. It truly was I, I think one of those magical shows. And when you listen to it in a couple of weeks, be sure to pass it along to everybody because I think everybody needs this encouragement and words of wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was profound. I, I just love, love, love you. So, <laughs> Thank you, James. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure to go to my website, com. That's D-R- a-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. And be sure to sign up for my golden pearls. And you'll get a golden pearl given to your mailbox each and every week. Because I think these can make your life fantastic if you let them. Bye for now and have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, NoBull.Biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to NoBull.Biz.